the uh, three things that can be done is one is getting vaccinated. Two is uh, wearing a mask if areas have high spread. If everyone will agree to wear a mask and that becomes sort of a, a standard, then you can reduce spread. And third is getting tested. Welcome to the Empowered Podcast, where we bring you expert clinical perspectives on the latest health data and wellness trends. Each week, we'll cut through the noise and answer your unanswered health questions, helping you take control of your everyday well-being. Meet Erin. Hey. The lowest maintenance registered dietitian who ever lived. When she isn't traveling the world, you'll find her nurturing her family, coworkers, and literally anyone within a six foot radius. Meet Austin. Hey everyone. Among the rare breed of male nutritionists, he's a Thai food fanatic, avid home coffee roaster, and a classic Enneagram type two. The Empowered DX podcast is for general educational purposes only and is not medical advice. If you have any questions about your own health, please consult a healthcare provider. Visit the Empowered DX Terms of Use webpage for the full podcast disclosure. Hey everyone, welcome to the Empowered Podcast. This is Austin Alvarez and I'm here with Aaron Jerker. What's going on? Hey Austin, not much. Excited about today's topic. Me too. And we're also here with Dr. Travis Wilkes. How's it going, Travis? Oh, it's great. Stressful week with everything happening, but um, everybody's probably feeling that. Oh, definitely. So, uh, Aaron, what did you want to talk about? Well, speaking of the stress, it might be being caused the Delta variant. Um, that's what we're talking about today. Travis is going to give us an overview and dive a little deeper. If anyone missed it, so it's SARS-CoV-2, right? So we're talking about the COVID-19 disease caused by the virus SARS-CoV-2, and there are variants of this virus, right? So if we mention Delta or Delta variant, that's, I, I believe that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So Travis, what's the deal with the Delta variant? Yeah, so the Delta variant is a really unfortunate situation we're, we're in um, because what we're seeing is that the Delta variant uh, is much more contagious than the original COVID uh, virus that we dealt with. And it is, uh, in addition to being more contagious, uh, people who have been vaccinated are also getting infected and uh, transmitting the disease and, uh, and having symptoms too. So their symptoms are usually milder, but we're seeing breakthrough of the vaccine and so that, that combination of, an, of a much more contagious virus um, in combination with something that can, uh, that the, the vaccine is not 100% effective against, and the fact that um, everyone is sort of demasked and has gone back to life by them, uh, back to normal, you know, to some degree. And, and then the, the real, I guess, the real issue on top of everything is the fact that vaccination rates uh, never got to where we really wanted them to be. And so we still have a very, very large unvaccinated population. And even though I said that, you know, the, uh, the vaccine is not um, 100%, people are much less ill with the vaccine or having had the vaccine. And, uh, and you know, I, I still am a, a huge fan of the vaccine and I wish we could. I, uh, the only positive thing I can see coming out of the Delta um, variant situation is that maybe uh, maybe everyone takes the vaccine more uh, more seriously and goes and gets it and then you know we we prevent even 
more uh, more difficult to deal with variants from developing down the road because variants can develop at any time. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, in terms of the effectiveness, do you have any uh, new data on how effective it is against the Delta variant? Because I know the vaccines, you know, Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, uh, were anywhere from you know, 70, mid-70s protection to with Pfizer, Moderna, you were at like 90, 94, 95, right? Um, so what is it with so, Delta? So the, these numbers are still coming out and they're really tough because, because Delta has only sort of been um, recognized and heavily studied for, for a very brief period of time in the U.S. It was, it was something that was going on in India and, and India doesn't have um, the same vaccines and the same level of vaccination that we have. And so it was, you, can't, you can't really draw comparisons to what was happening there to what's happening here. So I've sort of, um, I've, I've read the numbers, but I've sort of stayed away from quoting them just because I think that there's going to be a lot of fluctuation within them. Um, to me, the out of every number that we look at, um, and there's you know there's a ton of numbers out there to look at. I think that the most important number to look at is the percent positivity rate, um, which is basically how many what percentage out of the tests that are done come back positive, and what that tells you is whether there's adequate testing or not. Because if if uh, if 15% of the tests are coming back positive, then we're missing a ton of people who are, um, who are in the community, who are spreading the virus and are not being tested and are, are unaware. And many of those may be people who have no symptoms at all and have been vaccinated and the vaccine is preventing the disease in them. It's preventing symptoms, but they are replicating the virus and, and potentially spreading it. Right. And so with that, as you were mentioning, going back to wearing masks may help. I mean, if is that do you think that's going to happen well, soon? I, I'm not sure. I mean, I think I think a lot of this becomes more of a, a political story rather than a scientific story. I mean, I think from a from a science standpoint, it would be tremendously better to err on the side of caution and for everybody to wear a mask and to, you know, to be as, um, as protected as possible. Um, especially with what we're seeing now with, um, with, uh, hospital hospitals starting to fill up and, and, you know, we're starting to get back into, into this crisis situation in a lot of areas. Um, the, the there's, um, it, the one problem with masking, and this is, uh, it, it seems like there's been, like people have somewhat forgot this along the way, is that masks should not be looked at as a personal protection device. And what I mean by that is if, you know, if you are wearing, and I'm talking about a traditional mask, not an N95, but a traditional mask, whether it's cloth or a surgical mask, um, it's not going to provide much protection for you it will protect other people from you. And so, you know, if, you, if you're wearing a cloth mask and you're walking among 10,000 people who are not wearing masks, uh, you're still heavily at risk. And so I think that, you know, if we, if we go back to masking, it does have to become sort of a, you know, a, a policy effect of where everybody wears a mask um, because that's really the, the only way that I think it, it's, it's really beneficial for, um, for public health. And I did see a CDC update late July that said, hey, we're now recommending that if you go in public indoors, you should wear a mask. And is, is that because of the Delta variant? Uh, 
Yeah, and that's you know that's also I think that was originally when we started seeing the rise of the Delta variant, we didn't really know what was going on, and so you know they, they made the recommendation that um, you know if you if in uh, in areas where there was high amounts, which were sort of the same areas where there were high amounts of um, unvaccinated people, um, that you know that masks um, would be recommended, but. There's a there's a very big difference between mask recommendation and mask mandate, um, you know, and that and and that makes a, a, a big difference. I mean, you know, seatbelts are mandated; um, they're not recommended for for a reason. Um, and so, you know, a lot of this comes back to healthcare resources that are available, and you know, we there was some comfort. Um, with the uh, with the uh, antibody infusion that's available from Regeneron, uh, which is uh, which which is effective against the Delta variant, and it, and basically what that is is if you if you uh, if you test positive and you're um, at a high risk of COVID complications, which they have a, a, a defined list of that, um, then you qualify for these antibody infusions. And the antibody infusions uh, drastically reduce risk of, of further complications. Um, and and um, actually, they were recently approved for people who, um, not, not only for people who are positive, but also for use as post-exposure prophylaxis. So for people who do not test positive, but have had strong exposure. And so while that sounds like a wonderful thing, um, the, the big issue with it is there's nowhere to get these done and um, and there's not enough. And so the healthcare system cannot support the demand um, for what's really needed to keep people healthy and safe. Uh, and I think that that is, you know, that that's an important thing to understand that they, there can be a great treatment, but if everybody needs it, everyone can't get it. And so, you know, we, we, we definitely need to sort of look at this from a public health standpoint again, and sort of review that, um, and really, I think, uh, try to stay away from you know political stuff as as much as possible because I think that I think that there's very clear scientific and medical dilemmas here uh, that we need to solve, uh, and part of that includes healthcare resources. Yep, that makes sense. Wanted to go back a little bit because you said a lot of people um, are not having symptoms. But if they do, are they different with the Delta variant? Yeah. So, you know, in, um, in, in people who have been vaccinated, um, who are having these, these breakthrough cases, um, their symptoms have been pretty mild. Um, often sort of, um, when I say mild, I mean similar to what you'd expect from, um, from a traditional kind of viral illness. So maybe fever, body aches, chills, sore throat, runny nose, um, those kind of things, as opposed to what we were, what we sort of originally were seeing with the um, with COVID, which was you know the shortness of breath and and cough and um, loss in taste and smell. Uh, people are still losing taste and smell, but uh, what seeming what seems like a lower frequency, and there there there's these shifts to these other symptoms, and so I think that that's really tough because people are not necessarily interpreting those symptoms as being COVID. They're just, oh, I've got a cold or I have bad allergies. Um, and then they're not getting tested. And so I think that that, and then that, you know, 
is, is the way that this can kind of move forward and spread and become a bigger and bigger issue. Um, so, you know, I, I think that anybody who has any symptoms at all, uh, whether it's even as mild as a runny nose, especially if you've been vaccinated, it's worthwhile to get tested and, um, and, and find out if, uh, you know, if, if you could be spreading it, especially because it's so much more contagious than the original COVID. Um, and so I think that that all those things are, are really, really important to um, to keep in mind. And if, um, you know, I, if you're unvaccinated, the symptoms seem to be much, much worse. Um, what from what I've seen, the majority of people who have been hospitalized have been unvaccinated. Uh, and so, you know, I still think that there is an opportunity uh, for people to get vaccinated. And I absolutely strongly encourage everyone who's not vaccinated right now to go and get vaccinated. Um, fortunately, I do think that the attitude is changing a little bit because um, some some reports have come out that uh, vaccine vaccination rates are climbing, uh, which is great. I just think that we need to really have a really big push to get uh, get everyone vaccinated as soon as possible to try to to, to try to at least uh, slow things down and, and take uh, pressure off the healthcare system. Makes sense. Now, speaking of vaccines, what about the booster? That's uh, kind of a common conversation right now. Would that potentially help? And then are we going to have to produce new vaccines for some of these, these, uh, these variants? Yeah. So it's, um, it's interesting. So, you know, the vaccine we have or the vaccines we have, um, were all designed for the original COVID. And, you know, we, we didn't have the, um, the, uh, information to know what, you know, about Delta, what would be a, a future risk. And so, um, so it's, they're, they're targeting the original COVID. Um, there's, there's two questions that are really, you know, need to be better understood. Um, one is how long does vaccinate does immunity from the um, the vaccine last, uh, and then the other part is how much does it cover these variants, and and those are two things because you know it, it's the question of does everyone need a, a third vaccine as a booster of of you know the vaccine that's available, or do we need new sort of variant specific um, boosters? And, you know, that still needs to kind of be determined. I that we don't have a clear answer on that. I mean, you see there are countries like Israel that is uh, sort of taking steps and in um, in higher risk populations, they are moving forward with uh, with uh, with third vaccinations. Um, There's some there's some sort of international concern that, you know, if you if you uh, do uh, third, if you use a third vaccination on everybody in uh, wealthy countries who have access to um, to vaccines, so then you're taking people who have already had two vaccines and you're giving them a third one, you're slowing down the ability for you know other vaccines to roll out around the world. But that's you know that that gets into a whole different kind of d- discussion. But um, uh, but no, I mean, I think I think that there will definitely be a booster of some kind uh, that will. And I think that from what we're seeing really in the last week or so, the data that's come out, I think that a variant specific um, vaccine would be much more ideal. Um, 
especially when you think about like with the mRNA vaccines, how how easy it should be. And I say I say easy sort of, you know, kind of uh, I make it sound really easy, but it's you know, it's, it's incredibly complicated science. But uh, but but it's relatively easy within that very complicated science to um, to change the RNA that the mRNA that's in the vaccine and to adapt to be more Delta um, Delta variant specific. That's good information. With this topic, what about children? And I know right now it's 12 and up, but I there's some research out right for five and up. Is that right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, I think um, I think everybody is sort of um, in the medical community is sort of waiting eagerly for um, FDA to uh, to uh, authorize the vaccine in, in younger kids. I, I, I have kids who are five and seven and um, I will you know, be in the, the first rung of people who get some vaccinated. Um, so, you know, the, the, um, as soon as that gets announced, I will go to wherever I can go the soonest and, and get the most vaccinated. So um, I, I don't know when that's gonna be. Um, but I, I hope that it's um, soon because Delta does have the potential to spread through uh, kids very, very quickly, especially because it's so much more contagious. And, uh, and, and that's a really important point. And I, I, I'm, I'm sure FDA is working hard on trying to be uh, thorough, but at the same time, um, as, as quick as possible. And I, I hope that, uh, you know, that, that we see that very soon. Now, Travis, in terms of putting our kids back in school, I mean, it's summer for a lot of us. Um, There's daycare and then school's about to ramp up. Um, What do we do? I mean, how do we prevent just a huge spread of Delta variant in in our kids? Uh, I wish I knew the answer to that question. Um, If I knew the answer to that question, I... I would, uh, I, I'd, I'd be much calmer. Um, I, you know, I don't think that there's a, a good thing because you have, you've got so many different forces at play here. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think it depends a lot on, on, uh, you know, kids' risks and who lives at home and how healthy they are and, you know, kind of, uh, but I, I don't think that any definitive kind of, uh, protocol or anything is the answer right now, um, other than, you know, getting back to frequent testing and trying to, um, to really, to really amp up testing and, and uh, let people know that, you know, that we are not as safe as we thought we were a month ago, and that, uh, you know, a different level of precaution needs to be taken. But uh, hopefully I can answer that question more in, in a few weeks as we as we learn a lot more. Mm-hmm. And what about any other variants that we should be looking out for or concerned about? Yeah, so there's, you know, there's, there's tons of variants. And so, um, you know, some, um, some become worrisome and, and um, it's, it's a little bit hard to predict that. Um, so the Delta variant, you know, is, is sort of the one in everybody's mind right now. Uh, we are seeing growth of the Lambda variant. Uh, which is really concerning because the Lambda variant does seem to have some vaccine resistance. Um, So far, it's only been detected in relatively low amounts in the U.S., uh, but that has been growing. Uh, That variant has been around for about a year uh, since it was detected in Peru. So it's not, it's not a new variant per se, but it was more localized um, to Peru and and South America. Um, 
And now we are seeing that spread. So that's concerning. But I think, I mean, I think what's probably the most concerning are the um, the variants we don't know about. So, and the variants that may be produced soon. Um, it, you know, one of the one of the theories of how variants get produced is that people, uh, is that the virus kind of stays in somebody's body and makes some sort of change. And, uh, you know, then uh, maybe if they have, a different, a weaker immune system, or uh, some some variation there that that allows this virus to to change within them, and then they spread it. So you know, applying that logic to vaccination, you know, the faster we can get virus to clear from people's bodies. So if they have some degree of immunity to it, and it um, it clears from the body faster, uh, then there's less opportunity. Um, for variants to develop, and I think that's that's important to think about. I mean, I think I think that people have to think about vaccines in the way of part of this is to help me, and part of this is to help everyone else, and we have to sort of have that community approach, or otherwise, I mean, these variants are going to keep coming at us, and you know, one is going to be really bad, and we're not going to be prepared and, you know, that that can have a really bad outcome. So, I mean, I really hope that, uh, you know, political lines and things like that can go away and we can really uh, come together and really focus on on medicine and science and and getting that going. And so I think right now the uh, three things that can be done is one is getting vaccinated. Two is uh, wearing a mask if areas have high spread. If everyone will agree to wear a mask and that becomes sort of a, a standard, then you can reduce spread. And third is getting tested. And I mean that, and I think that there's much more reason to get tested if you don't have any symptoms now. Um, just if you've, maybe if you've been on a trip or you've been around a lot of people, um, I think uh, testing is very, very available now. It's so different than it was a year ago that I think everyone should sort of, you know, try to get tested uh, proactively, even if, if they have minimal symptoms, such as a runny nose or sore throat or just body aches, or if they, uh, they think they may have been exposed, just get tested. It's not, it's not painful anymore. The, the, uh, the swabs don't go uh, all the way up the nose to where they hurt. They're really shallow. And um, I, I think that um, get vaccinated, get tested, wear a mask, and, uh, you know, if you're, if you're at high risk, then, you know, also stay away from people because right now, unfortunately, the, uh, um, the um, antibody infusions and healthcare resources are just overwhelmed and you, you may not have access to the best care that you really need. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for those words of wisdom and the action items for all of us and we can all do our part. So have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Thank you. Hopefully we've got better news next week. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Aaron and Travis. And uh, everybody stay tuned for future updates on the Delta variant and COVID-19 overall and how we can continue the fight. Thanks for listening to the Empowered Podcast, your trusted advisor for all things health and wellness. For more information on how you can take control of your health, visit EmpowerDXLab.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you next time. Until then, stay empowered.